0: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I reach into the grab bag and respond to more questions and criticisms concerning some of my recent commentary. More specifically, I'm going to answer those who've called me a douchebag, a lunatic, a dangerous person, a fake conservative who's being controlled by Donald Trump. Respond to this and more on Today's Rebellion. Welcome to Today's Rebellion. Yesterday, I said I was going to cover the grab bag, and I was going to respond to a couple questions. Well, as I got rolling, I really only responded to one. And as you know, that was the issue of the vax. Is the COVID-19 vaccination the mark of the beast? And that was the singular topic for yesterday's show. And I think that that's a good question. It's a question many biblically literate people are asking right now because of Revelation chapter 13, where it specifically says that there will come a time where you can't buy or sell, quote-unquote, unless you take the mark, the mark of the beast. And as you know, I responded to that question yesterday, And I may circle back and just repeat a little bit of what I said yesterday after we take a break here. But today I'm going to venture into some of these more uh, shallow questions and comments. Uh, One person in particular, and I quote, said this in an email to me this week. You are a douchebag, a lunatic, and a dangerous person. Another person commented and said, you are a fake conservative and you're being controlled by Donald Trump. It's you fake conservatives, he says, that are doing whatever Trump asks of you. I don't recognize conservatism anymore. I wish for the old days of Ronald Reagan and that you fools would all die off. Close quote. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Welcome to my world. This is the kind of this is the kind of mail I receive periodically. Very thoughtful, right? very logical very factual to challenge me this way well let's take a break and when I get back I'll respond to those criticisms questions I'm not too sure they're questions but I'll respond to those and I am going to circle back and just in case a few of you listening today didn't hear my commentary yesterday as to whether or not the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast I'm Dr. Everett Piper this is The Rebellion and I will be right back in a couple minutes Welcome back to The Rebellion. All right, let's circle back and let me respond to the question of, is the COVID vaccine the mark of the beast? This is a question that's coming up a lot, especially from evangelical Christians who have been raised to believe in the Bible, believe in all of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, that the Bible is the Word of God. This question is coming up from those who were raised to believe that Revelation is not just apocryphal language to the first century church, but it's also prophetic language to us today. And for our progeny, those that follow us, Revelation is prophecy of end times, the end times, where Jesus will come back to judge, to judge the quick and the dead, to use biblical language. Now, in Revelation 13... There's a verse, Revelation 13, 17 to be more exact. There's a verse that says that unless you take the mark of the beast, you will not be able to buy or sell. And because we're seeing our freedom to engage in the market square, in commerce, our freedom taken away to go to the grocery store unless we do something, like I guess the most innocuous thing is wear a mask to enter into the grocery store, to go into Walmart or to uh, go to uh, the outdoor farmer's market in your local community, you're supposed to wear a mask. At least in some states, they're requiring you to do that. California, for example, Michigan, etc., New York. Here in Oklahoma, it hasn't been quite as crazy unless you live in Tulsa under G.T. Bynum, the little Napoleon down there, our little emperor who fancies himself to be a big man trying to control all of Tulsa in similar fashion as to, oh, let's just say Governor Cuomo in New York, or Gavin Newsom in California, or Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. What's the difference between them and G.T. Bynum? I'm not sure there's much difference at all other than he puts R behind his name, which means he's lying, because he's really not. That, that aside, perhaps I can do a whole show on the hypocrisy, the duplicity, and the deception of G.T. Bynum someday. But let's not go down that path right now. Let's get back to the issue of the Mark of the Beast. So the question is, is the COVID vaccine the Mark of the Beast? And I basically answered uh, that question yesterday, and I said, no, it's not. And here's why. Because even though I disagree entirely with the government overreach, where they're telling you that, that, that you have to wear a porous piece of paper on your face to go to Walmart, or even worse, that you have to inject a drug into your body, that has no longitudinal data to prove or disprove its efficacy, its effectiveness, uh, or its side effects. Long-term side effects cannot be determined if the medicine hasn't been around long-term. You get my point? This thing hasn't been around long uh, 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 enough. It hasn't been around long enough for us to understand what it does or does not do. Now, that isn't to say I'm an anti-vaxxer. Again, I repeat myself, I'm not. I think there are many vaccines that have been proven longitudinally to be effective, and we are wise to avail ourselves of them. Smallpox, for example, polio, for example. These vaccines are things that I have uh, received myself when I was a child, and I made sure my kids were vaccinated likewise. So I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I am uh, an informed consumer, And therefore, when I am looking at a product that hasn't been around very long, I have to ask myself questions. Why are they pushing this on us so fast without knowing what the long-term effects or side effects will be? And um, I've covered that on previous shows. So I disagree with the government overreach intruding into our lives and telling us that we have to do something that could be detrimental to our physical health. And frankly, it's none of their business. It's none of the government's business, and it's none of your business to intrude into my health care. And it's none of my business to intrude into yours. Your health care is between you and your doctor when it involves your body. And if you're pro-choice out there and you're saying, ah, ah, we got you, you just said it's between the woman and her doctor, yeah, if it's her body. But when when it involves someone else's body, like a child's, a baby's, a helpless infant then we're talking about another person and you don't have the right to kill it just because you find it inconvenient so the pro-choice argument when it comes to abortion does not play out well at all when you try to catch us uh, those of us who are asking these logical questions about privacy in health care now not the same thing and it's not even close There's a third person involved here. It's not just the doctor and me. It's the doctor and me, and then this other person. It's called an infant that apparently some people think you should be able to kill just because they find it inconvenient to their lives. That's a bunch of hogwash. That's barbaric. That's nonsense. That's sacrificing our children to Moloch, the Old Testament God. And God didn't look upon that very favorably, folks. Israel suffered for that particular sin of child sacrifice. So, back to the point, is COVID-19 is the COVID-19 vaccination the mark of the beast? No. Here's why. Even though the government is guilty of very egregious overreach, the government isn't asking you to disavow Jesus Christ. They're not doing that. There's nothing in the current situation where you're being told to deny Christ and take this mark. And the context of the book of Revelation And that particular passage in chapter 13, verse 17, is that you would have to do that. You would have to deny Christ and worship the beast and take his mark. And there's nothing right now in the current scenario that's telling you you have to do that. Nobody's telling you to deny Christ, and nobody's telling you to worship another god. Uh, You could probably stretch it if you wanted to and say, yeah, but they're asking you to bow and worship the government rather than God. I understand why you want to go there, but it's not even close to what the book of Revelation is prophesying. But here's the point. Even though the vax isn't the mark of the beast, and I think that's irrefutable if you really look at the context of Scripture, it is definitely softening up the public psyche, the body politic, the conscience, the soul of our country, and of humanity by and large to be receptive for the next shoe to fall, whereas today we're being told, well, just take the vaccine if you want to buy and sell. Then when the next shoe falls and they actually require you to deny your faith and take this mark, whatever it may be at that point in time, in order to buy and sell, you've already gone down the slippery slope quite a ways by buying into the current argument it softens up the body politic for the next shoot of fall you understand my point i think you do i don't want to belabor that any further so that was my answer on the mark of the beast well i want to remind you what my column was that led to the criticism i just shared with you <laughs> where i'm being called a douchebag and a dangerous person and i'm a conservative who's letting donald trump control my mind which is so absurd. What uh, I get ahead of myself. I'm not going to respond to that yet. All right. The article that I wrote that responded to this criticism was the one where I said I've been shadow banned. I wrote an article that dealt with natural immunity. That was it. Natural immunity. And I was shadow banned by apparently Facebook and other media Uh, outlets because I was trending. My article was trending in The Hill and in Apple News and whatnot. It was trending nationally, and then all of a sudden it just disappeared. And um, as I told you, it was evident that I was shadow banned. Somebody took it down. And who is that? We don't know. We don't know who took it down. Well, the article I wrote the following week uh, explained this whole story, and I said, this should bother you. So all I'm saying in this article that I'm referring to right now, the one that has resulted in me being called a douchebag and a dangerous person and a conservative that's being controlled by Donald Trump, this is what I said, and I've already shared it with you in a previous show. I said this, they, whoever they are, decide what you can read and what you cannot. They are controlling the information in the news. They determine what articles will trend and what articles will be trashed. They are in charge. They manage the ideas. They will not permit anyone to read anything which they disapprove of. They are watching you. They are censoring you. They are silencing you. They are canceling you. They won't even let you write something about the scientific facts of natural immunity. Say something that they don't like, and you, my friend, are verbotened. Close quote. That was in my article. So saying that led to this vitriolic stuff. Oh, but I wasn't done. See, I think when somebody responds to you, you need to push them back to, what are you responding to? Are you If you're responding to what I said, then let's deal with what I said. Okay, I just shared with you a reminder of what I was pointing out, and that is somebody out there that you can't even identify is censoring you, canceling you, watching you. Controlling the information that you read. And that's irrefutable. We know that. It doesn't matter whether you're progressive or conservative, liberal, libertarian, or just a pragmatist. It doesn't matter. It's a fact that somebody is censoring us. We know that. We know that. Shadow banning is a word that's known. It's become part of our contemporary lexicon for a reason. Because it's real. Okay, to summarize my point in my article, I said this. In his book, Selling Hitler, Propaganda and the Nazi Brand, Nicholas O'Shaughnessy argues that the success of Nazi ideology can only be understood via the role of propaganda in the Third Reich. The Nazis, he says, understood the modern techniques of opinion formation. Joseph Goebbels, who was appointed to be the Minister of Propaganda and Public Enlightenment of Nazi Germany, once said this. Listen to me, folks. There are two ways to control people. You can blast your enemy with machine guns until he acknowledges the superiority of those holding the weapons. That's one way. Or you can transform the nation through a revolution of the spirit, i.e. the mind. In other words... You can control people with bullets and bombs, or you can do so even more effectively by manipulating the news they hear and the books they read. That's what I said. And then I reminded people of what Albert Speer, Hitler's chief architect, said at the Nuremberg trials. He said this, What distinguished us, the Third Reich, from all previous dictatorships was our use of all the means of communication to sustain ourselves, and to deprive our objects of our power, the power of independent thought. Now stop and think about that. So I want to ask you, before I respond to my critic, what was the point of my article? The point of my article was to point out, number one, what? I wrote an article on natural immunity last week. That was all it was about, the scientific facts that natural immunity exists and that the history of medical science would show that natural immunity is very effective in fending off airborne pathogens, viruses. This is a fact. Fact. This is just science, folks. Follow the science. We're pro-science, right? Well, this is science. Natural immunity exists, and it's very effective in fighting off airborne pathogens and viruses. Number two, as the result of writing that article, I was shadow banned. It started to trend, and then it disappeared. That's a fact. I have the screenshots. Then, what do I talk about in my article? Do I talk about Donald Trump? No. Is there any mention of Donald Trump? No. Is there any crackpot conspiracy theory tinfoil hat stuff in my article? No. It's an article about natural immunity, a scientific fact that even liberals, progressives, kind of ought to be acknowledging because it's been around for, well, some would say since the early 1800s we've had knowledge of this. In fact, one article I read suggests that The Chinese understood at least the rudimentary, rudimentary, excuse me, rudimentary aspects of natural immunity as far back as like a thousand AD. Now, they didn't have all the stuff put together. I'm not suggesting that they were ready to start giving people injections, uh, you know, vaccinations for polio and smallpox. Obviously, they weren't ready for that, but the understanding that you have natural immunity that fends off any subsequent ailment is has been around for a long time. People have known this for a long time. That's all I said. Why is this controversial? Why am I a douchebag for pointing that out? I, I, that's the question. So you're waiting for me to respond to my critic? There's the response. Why are you calling me names For number one, talking about natural immunity. Number two, saying I've been shadow banned for doing so. And number three, pointing out that propaganda is a way, is a method that's been used to control people for a long time. And some very nefarious folks, like the Nazi regime, the Third Reich, Joseph Goebbels, Albert Spears, Adolf Hitler, they used propaganda They used censorship. They used lies and deception. They used sleight of hand. They used the public's ignorance of Socratic logic to control the public because they could create a straw man and give the public the tools to tear it apart because the public was too stupid to recognize that they'd been had. They had been made the victims of a magician's trick. Look over there. Look over there. Don't pay attention to that man behind the curtain, to quote the Wizard of Oz. Look over there. That's what the Third Reich did. That's the reality of propaganda. That's what Albert Spears said they were doing. He said, what distinguished us from all previous dictatorships was our use of all the means of communication to sustain ourselves and to deprive our subjects, our objects, of the power of independent thought. Look over there. Don't look here. In fact, we won't let you. We'll censor that information. We'll burn those books. Again, look over there. Now, in my article, I concluded by reminding my critics that those who don't remember the past are, re- are con- condemned to repeat it. George Santayana, those who don't remember the past are condemned, doomed to repeat it. And I suggested that we'd all do well to pay attention and learn a bit about history, maybe the history of George Santayana. Calling somebody names, douchebag, dangerous person, that's a fallacy of ad hominem. We've talked about fallacies before. It's a fallacy of shooting the messenger. Don't attend to the message, natural immunity. Don't attend to the message, uh, silencing, censoring, shadow banning, canceling. Don't attend to the science and don't attend to the facts of controlling the information that's available to the general public. And then don't attend to history and the fact that Goebbels and Albert Speer and Hitler all did the same thing ignore all of that and just call the messenger names call him a douchebag call him dangerous call him stupid call him a clown mock him ridicule him get everybody else around you to do the same and you know what you, you know what happens the truth the truth dies as you shoot the messenger that's what happens so how do I respond? Why am I pulling this one out of the grab bag of ideas of the week to respond to? Because this is one of the most dangerous things we're confronted with today, folks. We have to be prepared to stand our ground and say, why are you attacking the messenger rather than attending to the message? And then they'll, they'll dance and they'll dodge and they'll call your names and they'll say something else ridiculous, And you just need to stand your ground and say it again. Why are you evading the issue? Why are you shooting the messenger? Why are you coming up with other fallacious statements, such as a straw man? This thing about how all you conservatives are worshiping at the altar of Donald Trump. I said nothing about Donald Trump in my article. The article has what to do with Donald Trump? Nothing. Zero. No relevance whatsoever. There is nothing in the article about Donald Trump. So why are you bringing it up? You seem to be the one that's controlled by Donald Trump, not me, because I didn't bring him up, and he has nothing to do with this argument. That's a straw man. It's also a non sequitur. It's a so what? So what? Donald Trump XYZ. Donald Trump this. Donald Trump that. Orange man bad. So what? It has nothing to do with the article. It has nothing to do with my response. It has nothing to do with the premise of, a, of my argument. So what? Folks, we need to respond this way in the face of this childish way of dealing with ideas. We no longer are having any good, robust debates in the public square because we're allowing people to call us names, And we cower. Or we allow them to say, oh, you're a Trumper, and we cower. And we don't respond very concisely and very logically and say, what does this have to do with Donald Trump? Then just shut up and force them to answer. Will you guys this? No, no. What does this article, this argument, the premise of this particular column have to do with Donald Trump? I want you to answer that. And they can't until they finally admit nothing. It has nothing to do with it. And then, sidebar, I might point out that if you read any of my stuff, you'd know that I've been quite critical of Donald Trump when he deserves it. So don't call me some blind loyalist to Donald Trump or anybody else for that matter. Even the Republican Party. I've been very critical of the Republican Party. I've been very critical of the Evangelical Church. I've been very critical of the Wesleyan Church, my former denomination. I've been very critical when people deserve it. And I don't apologize for that. So don't treat me like I'm somehow in the, in the can for these people and that I'm blindly loyal because they'd be the first ones to tell you that I'm not because they're annoyed by my criticism. I mean, you all don't know this, but I was nominated to be undersecretary of education in the Trump administration. And do you know how far that one went? Not very far. Yes, I was nominated. Yes, I was called. But they weren't interested in going very far with that. You know why? Because I had been very critical of Donald Trump at one time. And I don't apologize for it. (sighs) Fallacious arguments. Arguments of ad hominem. Calling people names. Shooting the messenger and not attending to the message. Straw men. Creating these scarecrows that aren't real so that people can flail away and beat the scarecrow when it really isn't even the real argument in the first place. And then this non sequitur, this so what? Donald Trump this, Donald Trump that. So what? It makes no difference. Deal with the argument. Natural immunity, shadow banning, Joseph Goebbels. That was the argument. And I'm a douchebag for bringing those things up? I'm a dangerous person? for saying we should think about this? I'm in the can for Donald Trump? How so? Remember what I've said before, previous shows? Jesus' style of apologetics was to just ask a good question and then just be quiet and let the worldview of his opponents implode. And that's exactly what we can do when we're confronted with this childishness. This childishness, because that's exactly what it is. It's an infantile way of thinking, to call somebody names and not think deeply enough to actually engage the debate. In times of universal deceit, truth, truth, the truth, is the only rebellion left. And asking good questions is a way to get to that truth. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.